Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're talking about why your favorite MLS team should be worried. Now, I know some teams have more reasons to be worried than others. Yes, I'm staring directly into the souls of the LA Galaxy and Toronto FC, but I think this format of trying to look at every team's problems, rather than what's good about these teams, is helpful. It helps us learn more about potential weaknesses and ways that other teams can expose them, which then can very easily lead to finding solutions for these problems. So on this episode, we're going to run through every team in the Eastern Conference about what's wrong with them. Next week, we'll do the same with the Western Conference. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. Let's get to it. We're going to start at the top of the Eastern Conference and work our way down. That means we're getting things kicked off with FC Cincinnati. The big issue for Cincinnati right now, and I guess it's not necessarily a big issue, but the issue is that their star striker isn't scoring. No, I'm not talking about Brenner, although he did score 18 goals last year. He's been injured a bit and is going to be gone to Udinese in the summer, which means he's not really a factor. It's Brendan Vasquez. Vasquez scored 18 goals last year, had 14.9 expected goals. That put him at an average of 0.59 goals per 90 minutes. This year, he's still scoring some. He has three goals so far for FC Cincinnati, but he's only scoring 0.24 goals per 90. That's more than a 50% drop since you will need more production from him if they want to hit their ceiling this year. Up next in the Eastern Conference is Nashville SC. They're currently second. The big question for Nashville is always, how are they going to help Hani Mukhtar in the attack? Now, Mukhtar is an MVP-level player. He won MVP last year. They've already opened up space to bring somebody else in. Ake Loba is no longer a Nashville SC player. His contract was mutually terminated with the club. But Nashville's record of bringing in foreign DP attackers is not good. They're one for four in that particular regard. Mukhtar has hit. Randall has not hit, although he's no longer a DP. Yonder Cadiz did not hit, and Ake Loba did not hit. So can they actually hit on an attacking player? That's their biggest weakness right now. So far, it's been their inability to consistently identify international talent. That's got to be fixed. Number three on the list is the New England Revolution. This is an easy one. They're doing well so far this year. They have a star goalkeeper. They have a star number 10. They don't have wingers. They don't have attacking players out wide outside of the fullback spots that are real threats. We've seen Noel Buck play there. We've seen Emma Boateng play there. They're not above-average guys in that spot. New England's lack of of wide players is a big problem for them right now. Atlanta United, their biggest issue comes in central midfield. There's not a high-quality, reliable starter in that position between Recepto, Ibarra, Sosa. You know, It's just not there right now for this team. They need something else. Sedic isn't the answer either. That position is going to be number one on Garth Lagerwey's to-do list come the summer transfer window, even when you factor in the idea that Luis Araujo is leaving and they'll have a winger to replace as well. Next up in the Eastern Conference is the Philadelphia Union, who honestly don't have a ton of problems right now. They're kind of similar to Cincinnati in that way of, I think they're going to be very good this season. They're already doing well in the Eastern Conference. They balance CCL play. It's a matter of maybe one or two things restricting them from their ceiling. For now, though, it's the fact that they have a number of young players out at the U-20 World Cup, in particular Jack McGlynn, who'd become a starter for this group before heading down to Argentina with the U.S. U-20s. How they deal with the absence of players like McGlynn and Quinn Sullivan is not a season-defining decision. It's not a season-defining moment, but it will define at least part of the next few weeks for this union team. Moving down the table in the Eastern Conference, up next we've got D.C. United. 
the biggest issue for them right now, the biggest weakness, is that they don't have a lot of really proven wingers. Yeah, they signed Yamil Assad midseason. He's not played a massive role for the club. They traded for Christian Dahomey. He's not played a massive role either. It's a lot of central midfielders in different spots for Wayne Rooney. He likes to play with a lot of midfielders. And then Benteke as the big body up top. I think they need another change of pace player. And they don't have that right now in their squad. I'm curious to see if they go out and try to get one in the transfer window or if they try to mold one of the young players they have into that as the season continues. Up next is Orlando City, who are in the bottom third so far this season in expected goals per 90 minutes. That wasn't supposed to be a problem for this team. They had Facundo Torres, who everybody's really excited about. They signed Martino Heda in the offseason. Lo and behold, those players have combined for five goals through 14 weeks of the MLS season. It's not good enough. This team needs either better performances from their stars in the final third, or they need clearer ideas from Oscar Pereja about how they're supposed to break teams down. You can pick your poison among those two things. You can pick which one you're going to try to fix, but either way, the attack is the problem for Orlando City right now. Up next is the Columbus crew. I'll admit, I really like what Wilfred Nance is doing. I'm more optimistic about this team than I am about a lot of other teams lower down the table in the Eastern Conference. The big problem for them, though, is their talent across the board. Yeah, they've got a couple of game changers in the attack, but overall, the level's just not high enough right now. The back line especially. There's good players, and, and Will Fernandez has gotten more out of some of these guys like Bayasia or Phil Quinton, even Marrera, than I thought he would. But I'm not sure you can go out there and win a lot of games in MLS when your spine is a little spotty, especially as you get into the back line. We're up to our ninth team in the Eastern Conference. It's Charlotte FC. Sort of similar to Columbus, but on a slightly larger scale. Where are the difference makers for this team? Enzo Capetti looks like a good player. Carol Swiderski is a good player. But who's providing them with chances and who's stopping the other team from scoring and from creating good goal-scoring chances? I, I don't know the answers to those questions, genuinely. I like some of the tactical decisions that Christian Latanzio has made, but they have the second-worst expected goal differential in the Eastern Conference so far this season. On a per-90-minute basis, they're bottom five in MLS in that metric. It's just not quite good enough to be a competitive team in MLS right now. NYCFC is number 10 in the Eastern Conference. The answer for them is obvious. They need more consistency, but I think part of that will come when their players can play in natural positions, and that's going to come with a number nine coming in during the summer. For now, it's been a tough away stretch for NYCFC. They need to get back home. They need to get some rhythm. We should see them do those things soon, but their ceiling is being limited by the lack of number nine. Up next is the New York Red Bulls. Listen, I think the Red Bulls are a lot better than their place in the table right now indicates. The big issue for this club right now is more of a narrative one. Frankly, Dante Van Zier started for them in the U.S. Open Cup. You know, Troy Lesane, who's now the new manager after Gerhard Struber was fired, gave a statement and, and, and talked about the Dante Van Zier situation after he used a racial slur against the San Jose Earthquakes earlier in the season. But he's still on the squad. He's playing games. He's, he's doing things right now for the Red Bulls. And it doesn't feel like that situation has been properly or fully addressed that's something that the Red Bulls are going to have to deal with, or at least it's something they should deal with as the season progresses. Down into the bottom four of the Eastern Conference, we'll go rapid fire here into Miami. Both of their star central midfielders on the defensive side are out with an injury, sort of long-term injuries. They won't be back until the fall. That's a problem for this team. They need depth there. They don't have it right now. That plus chance creation is not great for Miami at the moment. For CF Montreal, it's the fact that they can't defend. They've allowed more expected goals than any team in MLS this year. They had a nice run of form, but they were pretty much only winning games against bad teams. Now they're playing good teams again, and they are struggling. Up next, it's the Fire, who built a squad that relies pretty completely on Shakiri to elevate them into a special team in the Eastern Conference. The problem is he's never shown in MLS that he's ready or able to do that. That's a big issue for the Fire, and I don't think it's one that's going to be resolved over the course of this season. Finally, down at the bottom of the East, it's Toronto FC. 
Uh, the issue is that their stars aren't playing like stars. Kind of like I said with Shakiri, Federico Bernadeschi can come out and talk about tactics and some of the other issues that this club has and have legitimate gripes about what's going on, starting from Bob Bradley and working the way down in the organization. But the reality is Insigne and Bernadeschi need to play like they're Insigne and Bernadeschi. On their own, these two players can elevate Toronto into something special in the East. The challenge is they're just not doing it right now. I'm not about to let Bob Bradley off the hook. I think there are tactical challenges, but the performance of the best players on this team that should be the best players in all of Major League Soccer, that should be a concern too. That's it for this very negative episode of the Backheeled Show. If you enjoyed, go to backheeled.com and subscribe for more American soccer coverage. For now, we'll talk to you again very soon. 